Direct King's Court starts now.
Monday morning, St. Louis and all points northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. KevinSlaytonShow.com. It's the only place you'll find our live broadcast, but of course you can hear it on podcast, not only on our website, but also on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any place else that you might find a podcast that you listen to. That's where you can find us every single day, live here from 7 to 9 Central Time, and then everywhere else. Boy, some funny things are happening in the past 12 hours. Last night, we got to love Governor DeSantis in Florida. He dumped two plane loads, plane loads of illegal aliens on Martha's Vineyard. You know, the liberal playground for the wealthy? Dumped them right there. Here's a dose of border crossings, you jackasses. And then this morning, just about an hour ago, Governor Abbott of Texas dumped two more busloads of illegal aliens on the sidewalk outside of Heels Up Harris's home, her residence in Washington, D.C. She'll have to pass them as she leaves the house this morning. So she's going to get a good look at the border that she's never visited up close and personal. Obama's going to get a good look at the border uh, crisis out there in Martha's Vineyard. What do you think those wealthy liberals are thinking now? None of those wealthy liberals have ever said, let us, we've got plenty of room in our mansion, let us house some of these poor people. They feel so badly for them. One of the migrants was from Venezuela, spoke pretty good English, and he said, contrary to what Heels Up Harris has said, he's right outside of her house now, and he said the border is wide open. He said it's wide open. We didn't even have to pay anybody. We just walked across. And you know how we knew it? We saw it on TV. They must watch Fox because the rest of the networks don't even televise the crisis at the border. No reporters are there. Talk about an abdication of your job. Oh, my God. So you got to love DeSantis and Abbott, my two favorite governors. Wow. Ballsy. But also American. Truly American, guys. That's how you deal with these bastards. You shove it right in their face. How do you like it now? Don't you love the cowardly mayors, this Bowser in Washington, Beetlejuice in Chicago, and Nitwit, a former cop up there in New York City, Eric Adams, all of them mouthing off about, you know, why should we be against the illegal aliens coming into our country? They're just trying to make a better life, and as soon as they show up in their area, oh, my God, all hell breaks loose. It's an emergency. But it's not an emergency on the border of Texas and Arizona. No emergency there. Only when a couple of busloads, a couple of busloads, a hundred people show up on their doorstep, do they freak out? Because they're freaks. They're liberal freaks. We have a hell of a show for you this morning. A lot of things from that imbecile uh, that calls himself the president at a Detroit auto show yesterday. You're going to love an exchange with Peter Ducey and Saki 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 that we dug up for you regarding electric vehicles. Um, Also, Joe Theismann, the former Redskins quarterback, former Notre Dame quarterback, will be with us in the 8 o'clock hour. The NFL Network does a wonderful job of putting together documentaries on former players and coaches. It's called A Football Life. And, of course, it's not just football coaches and players. They have, for instance, one on Ed Sable, the founding father of NFL Films, and his son Steve Sable, who've done so much to promote NFL football through the years. In fact, I would argue that they were the most responsible 
for professional football's move into the society as the number one sport in the country. It was their work on NFL films. They romanticized the game. With brilliant music and writing by Steve Sable, and if you've never seen any documentaries on he or his father, on him or his father, it'd be worth your while. Or just Google some NFL films a program, some montages of, and of course they had the voice of God, John Facenda, to narrate them originally. John Facenda was a news anchorman in Philadelphia, which is where NFL Films was located, and the Sables contacted him, and John Facenda became more well-known for his work on NFL Films than anything else. And the narrator on the NFL documentaries, The Football Life, is spectacular as well. Spectacular. I have to find out his name. He's so good. So Joe Theismann will be with us. A little-known story about Joe, and I'll ask him about this to make sure it's true, but when he was at Notre Dame... His name was Joe Thiesman, and Roger Valdeseri, the brilliant sports information director at Notre Dame, was pushing a campaign for Joe to become the Heisman Trophy winner. So he convinced Joe to change his name pronunciation from Thiesman to Theisman. Theisman for the Heisman. Brilliant. Didn't work, though. Didn't work. Back then, I guess you couldn't pay everybody off. You could now, though. Here's some great news for us all. In Sweden, now this is what the United States should start patting themselves after, is the government of Sweden and their politicians. Their prime minister, Magdalena Andersson, with two S's, announced she would be resigning because the far-right Swedish Democrats, Democrat in Sweden is a little different than Democrats here. Democrats in Sweden, the far-right, those are the conservatives. And a couple of other conservative groups all won the majority in Sweden's parliament. So she resigned. She did the right thing. That's what, why can't, if the, the Republicans win the House and Senate in the midterms, why can't Biden do that? Just resign. Please resign. You can't beat them. Get out. Now, the new prime minister says, now the work begins of making Sweden great again. A nice tip of the hat to Donald Trump. Carpe diem to the Swedes. They did it right. You know who else does it right? Window World. And you can have them do it right for you. 314-993-1800. They'll come out and give you a free in-home estimate. Free. Won't cost you a penny. And it'll save you money. It'll not only save you money on your windows, but because their prices are light years cheaper than anybody else. But it will also bring your utility bills down, your air conditioning, your furnace, your heat in the, in the wintertime. Of course, Biden wants you to go out and buy solar panels, but don't do that. Just get Window World Windows. 314-993-1800, the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Chiefs, the window of the Slayton House, because hail broke through my windows, and now I don't fear hailstorms. In fact, I look at them and I say, bring it on. My Window World Windows will bounce you around, and they do. You know why? Because they have double-strength glass. That's a normal product for them. That's not an upsale. It's not an extra charge. It's what they do. And so because of that, they can give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. And your utility bills will go down. Mine did. 314-993-1800. They're now offering 18 months same-as-cash financing with approved credit. That is Window World. And you can't beat it. Carpe diem goes out to Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis. 
You know, this is how you beat these bastards. You beat them at their own game. How Now, in a, in a real world, in a real country, which this isn't anymore, that would be enough. People would see that. They'd see the reaction of these lunatic liberal politicians to these illegal aliens finding their way to their front door, and people would say, what a pack of hypocrites. I would never vote for a Democrat again, but not in this goofy country. There's so many illiterate goofballs out there right now. It's scary. I often wonder, did these illiterate goofballs exist when I was growing up? Probably so. We just didn't see them as often because television wasn't the same as it is now. We didn't have 24-hour-a-day coverage of everything, of someone stubbing their toe. Television networks and stations used to go off the air at midnight. Hard to believe. But it's true. I wish some of them would go off at 5 o'clock p.m. But they won't. But I guess these goofballs are out there. I suppose they didn't just show up out of a Martian spaceship. But you would think they did. That's for damn sure. So Biden is running around yesterday touting his electric car crap. And when someone dared to ask him about inflation and the stock market plunge of two days ago, eh, no big deal. You're worried about the inflation number, though, sir? No, I'm not. The stock market doesn't necessarily reflect the state of the economy, as you well know. As we well know. Well, why don't we ask people? Your your 401k tied to the stock market? You happy? Do you, do you think that affects the economy? You happy with watching it plunge down to hell? I don't think anybody's happy. And he just continues to lie about everything. And what are you spending uh, our money on now, Joey? Proving funding for the first 35 states, including Michigan, to build their own electric charging infrastructure throughout their state. Look, folks, uh, you know, uh, the great American road trip is going to be fully electrified. Whether you're driving coast to coast along I-10 or on I-75 here in Michigan, charging stations will be up and easy to find as gas stations are now. (laughs) Nobody believes that. Nobody other than him even says it because they know no one would believe it. But Mr. Electric Vehicle, charging stations are going to be up all along the country, all along the highways, just like gas stations are now. Why doesn't he own an electric car? Or does he? Peter Ducey questioned Saki 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 about that just a couple of years ago. Listen to this exchange, which she never answers. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm-hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wellington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Yes, it's very clear. He doesn't own one. The guy who loves to show off his Corvette and shove it down people's throat, I'm rich, you're not, even though I got rich by stealing millions upon millions from different countries, I'm wealthy, you're not. I have a Corvette, look at me, I'm Mr. Joe Carr, but I don't own an electric vehicle. How about her not answer? Why don't you just answer it, you lowlife rat? Just answer the question. No, he doesn't own an electric vehicle because he's a fraud. I would have had respect for her, even if she had just left out the 
He's a fraud part. Just say he doesn't own an electric vehicle. She knows, of course, the next question from Ducey would have been, well, why not? He wants everybody else to own one. Pony up the 80000 or perhaps 800000 by now. It's amazing. And by the way, Mr. Unifier has no sympathy for those of you who lost your jobs because of his policies. Just like John Kerry said, learn to write code. You feel left out, left behind in an economy, an industry that's rapidly changing. You wonder, where's my place going to be in that economy? I understand. I really do. One of the reasons why my dad moved from Scranton, when coal died, everything died. Had to find new ways to do, learn new skills, new work. One of the reasons my dad moved from Scranton, my dad said, Joey? God, his dad and Bo, his son, may or may not be nice people. I don't know, but I'm sick of them. My dad said, Joey, a good day's work makes a man feel proud. Joey, uh, we moved from Scranton. Joey, it's a hard life, Joey. Better start shaking down some foreign countries when you get famous. You bigot, you rat, you racist. I know all of those racist tendencies I've passed along to you will serve you well in politics. Just pretend that you're not a racist. But call everybody else one. It's worked so far, hasn't it? Joe, what do you... uh, Well, I... What do you and us know about you? We all know I'm a car guy. I'm here because the auto show uh, and the vehicles here give me so many reasons to be optimistic about the future. And I really mean it. Just looking at them and driving them, they just give me a sense of optimism, although I like the speed, too. So he's advocating for you to break the speed laws in the country. But just looking at the cars gives him a sense of optimism. It does? When I look at new cars, I have no sense of optimism because I think, who in the hell can afford these things? Certainly you get that feeling when you look at an electric vehicle, right? Unless you've got lots of money. I don't know people that can pony up 80 grand for an electric vehicle. I know some, but I got news for you. They're wealthy. Most people aren't. So when Biden says that gives him a sense of optimism, the question remains, do you own an electric vehicle? The answer is no. And how about him saying driving them around? He didn't drive any of them around. He sat in them. It's like going into the showroom. And the guy, the salesman, tells you to sit in that front seat and imagine yourself driving this car down the highway, the wind blowing, nothing to worry about. You've got your new car. That's what he did. He sat in the car. Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming I would ask you, do the liberals believe in religion? The religion today in the Democrat Party is a religion of climate. They worship the sun god, the wind god, and the god of wishful thinking. The god of of wishful thinking. (laughs) I love that. That's what they do. That's what they worship. And if this railroad strike happens, and I haven't heard the latest on it, so since we came in the air, I don't know if something has happened to avert it. But if it happens, imagine the disaster that will be. Watch. You think prices are high now. Watch the prices skyrocket. Watch the supply chain crumble to the ground. (laughs) 
We'll have nothing. Watch gas prices. They'll go through the sky. That uh, Mr. Economy that he was touting the other day, his Inflation Reduction Act, he might want to have another party on the White House lawn, but everybody should wear black because it will be funereal. And while all of these lies are being told, and of course the denial of owning electric cars, what do you think Jilly's thinking about? I think with the pandemic, parents saw how hard teachers work and how difficult this job really is. And I think if they work together in their school districts and decide what they want with their curriculum. Is there a balance between, you know, this book should be in the library, this book All is under books review. should be in the library. All books. This is America. We don't ban books. Wow, that delusional woman. What What planet does she live on? where the pandemic showed parents just how hard teachers are working. I haven't heard one parent, not one, maybe someone did in some far corner of Maine, but I haven't heard one say, wow, I'm sure happy that I got to watch my child's learning by staying home and and viewing their lesson plans because I have a new appreciation for just how hard the teachers are working. No one said that. She acts as though people by the thousands were saying, sing the praises of these teachers. In fact, just the opposite. Why does she think these school board meetings have degenerated into violent screaming and pushing and shoving matches because the parents are being forced like Hitler-esque to accept this critical race theory lie and the provocateurs who pose as teachers who want to sexually ingratiate young children as young as five into their perverted way of living. This dumbass actually had the nerve to say that parents got such a great appreciation of how hard the teachers are working. Where? Where did that happen, Jilly? In your weirdo mind? And then she admitted her spurs as to being a pervert. She wants all of these sexually perverted books to be available to school libraries. She didn't restrict the age, if you noticed. So it doesn't matter how old your child is. She wants them to have sexual change books, perversion books with pictures and drawings. That's what she wants in the school libraries. We don't ban books. This is America. Her America is a land of the perverts, the fruits and the nuts. That's the Biden way of looking at America. And as long as they can enrich themselves off the perversion, they'll continue to love it. I think she is more despicable than Heels Up Harris. I really do. That's hard to say. But her arrogance is just sickening. I think Heels Up knows that she's stupid. She fakes it. And so that's good. I'm getting word now that the railroad strike was averted at the 11th hour. That means Biden gave concessions that we'll never hear about. But it will cost us money. I'll promise you that. I'll promise you that. But I really do believe Jill Biden is the worst female in the country. She represents everything that's wrong with this country. She's a liar. She's a pervert. She wants your children to be perverted. 
She sickens me. She's such an egomaniac. She thinks she's president. And she knew that her demented husband would have to take a back seat at some point. And so she could then step in the the, the uh, cavernous hole that exists in the presidency. And she does. She walks him around like a little puppy dog. I think she, as far as first ladies being an example, something to be proud of and look up to, God, don't give me her. Give me Jackie Kennedy. Give me Melania Trump. Not this wench. Certainly not Obama's thing. And you're probably scratching your head going, well, she's quite a liar. She's quite a pervert. What about that other pervert in the family, Hunter Biden? Well, Kayla Brantley is a reporter, and she found out some things about Hunter that are very interesting. Hunter Biden, who we all know through emails and texts and um, informants and people, eyewitnesses, has built millions of dollars from foreign countries, stays in twenty dollars $25,000 a month homes that he pays rent on, has a string of hookers as long as St. Louis. And yet, when he has a baby with a stripper, he not only is not a part of that child's life, who's now four, but he continually goes in front of the court and claims he has financial stress and he can't pay child support. Kayla Brantley, what did you find out about Hunter's financial situation? He found the documents. He filed them on Monday in Arkansas where... The four-year-old daughter lives with her mother, London Roberts. He's had no relationship with her. And in the documents, he claimed that he's had substantial financial issues. Now, the interesting part about that, obviously, as you said, is that he hasn't been living as someone who has financial struggles. He lived in a Malibu beach home that was $20,000 a month. Before that, he was living on the Venice Canals in Los Angeles, which was a $25,000 a month rental. And he does own own a Porsche, but this also isn't the first time that he's claimed to have financial troubles back in 2019 during the custody battle. He said that he hadn't been making income for months and that he was also struggling um, with his divorce. Yeah. How about that low life? He's trying to avoid paying child support for his child that he had with a stripper while he continues to bang $500 a night hookers in $25,000 a month homes that he's renting. Can you get any lower than this guy? And yet the media continues to not cover it. They ignore it. But, you know, in, in his defense, I have to say, look at his parents. Look at this guy's parents. I mean, she's raised him with Joe Willie who's taught him the playbook, how to steal and shake down millions of dollars. She's pointed out to him, no doubt, throughout their lives. There's no reason to have any morals, Hunter. I think young children should be looking at perverted books. So it's not a surprise that Hunter turned out the accomplished pervert that he is. That's no surprise. And we shouldn't be shocked. Now, Biden made these what people consider controversial remarks a week or so ago about MAGA Republicans, I don't think they're controversial at all. I think they're a compliment. Anything that Biden says is wrong, if it's me, I feel vindicated. Dana Perino 
was asked the other day if Biden and his Biden regime will ever walk back these comments. Well, maybe they will after the midterm election when they lose and you look at the exit polls and the border is an issue. But it, like, even just take just one issue of the border when they falsely accused the mounted uh, border police of whipping migrants. It wasn't true. They, they made those guys sit on their rear ends for over 11 months, fake investigation. They finally released investigation and says, oh, yeah, actually, that didn't happen. Did the White House walk that back? No. Did they apologize to them? Absolutely not. So that well, I don't think that's going to change. I think that what you're seeing from Kamala Harris and the White House press secretary and probably from Biden, if he ever does an interview, is that this is a strategic and craven and desperate move just to basically say, not us, it's Trump. They want to run against Trump. They'll try to make that all about Trump. Only Biden could bring out the feistiness in Dana Perino. And everything she has said about him is spot on. The only negative about Dana Perino is that she is a George W. Bush ally, so I never completely trust her. But she never takes cheap shots at President Trump, so I'll give her credit for that. And she sticks up for him in a lot of cases, just like this one. Jessica Tarlov, who is on the show with her, is the liberal representative. And when Dana Perino was talking about the border issues and the MAGA Republican comments that he'll never take back, Tarlov actually tried to convince us that Biden, well, I'll let her tell you, but but do we know what Biden was doing? Does he know what he's doing? We certainly know what Joe Biden was doing, and he was clarifying that there's a subset of the Republican Party, and it's just a piece of it. It's certainly not the totality that doesn't believe in the institutions that we believe in, that doesn't adhere to democratic norms, that doesn't accept reality. What institutions Uh, that we uh, believe in? Like elections, like voting and then certifying elections. I mean, he was talking about people that wanted to hang Mike Pence for not doing the president's bidding and overturning the election. So that's what Joe Biden was talking you have, about. You can't have an opinion on an election. That You can't be a skeptic. He was talking about a small subset of Republicans, mm. and he's for a week been reminding you that he clarified that, and he continues to clarify it. He's never clarified it. She's a liar. And when she talks about institutions, when did voting become an institution? An institution is the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Defense, the Department of Justice. Those are institutions. And she complains that MAGA Republicans, these dangerous people, didn't want to certify the elections. Well, we're going to play some people in the Democratic Party who tried desperately not to certify the presidential election of 2016. So Tarlov, like all liberals, love it when it's in their favor, but when it's against them, they play by different rules because they're born natural hypocrites. And I think a hypocrite is on the level of a sexual predator. I think a hypocrite is disgusting. You're such a wimpy, spineless coward when you're a hypocrite. You think that your lies aren't being caught, but they are. Pocahontas is another one. She's disturbed by so many MAGA candidates. I think this is just an extraordinarily dangerous... I am so deeply disturbed that there are still so many MAGA Republicans. So why are Democrats supporting and pouring money into their campaigns? I I believe that these folks 
are very, very dangerous. That didn't answer the question. She had no answer for that question. Why are they pouring money into the dangerous candidates' campaigns? She should have stopped when she said, I'm so deeply disturbed. That that should have been the end of it. In fact, I might just clip that off. Because she is deeply disturbed. She still thinks she's an Indian. Harvard still thinks she's an Indian. <laughs> Cochise doesn't think she's an Indian. Neither does Geronimo. Sitting Bull. None of them feel like she's an Indian. But she still thinks she is. And my favorite senator, who's been silent for quite a while now, don't know why, maybe she had laryngitis or lost her voice, but Maisie Hirono, one of the most evil people that has ever graced the halls of our nation's capital, hates you, hates me, hates anyone, anyone who thinks women shouldn't be able to kill their babies. When I hear my colleagues talking about how, you know, it should be states' rights or uh, government should not be telling us what to do, the word hypocrites, it doesn't even go far enough to call them out on what they're doing. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And why? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms. Wait a minute, in our what? Country. What? What? Did you just call for violence? Are you a MAGA Republican? You must be. A call to arms, she said. A call to arms. This is how Democrats think. Liberals believe that it's a call to arms when you follow the Constitution. Because they hate the Constitution. It restricts them. It restricts them from being a totalitarian regime, even though they continue to do so. But she wants you to know, notice how they always couch child murdering in women should have the right to decide what's good for her own body. That's liberal code for women should be able to murder their babies. I would ask her, what's the difference once the baby has a heartbeat between murdering your baby through an abortion and murdering your baby a week after it's born? I wonder what she would say. Good morning. You're on the Window World King's Court. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Hey, what? We still got, what, two more years of Biden? Well, maybe. But, I mean, he might Kevin, kick I, off. But if he kicks off, then he got heels up. You know, I'd, I'd rather take a chance on that idiot. Well, it, it really I, it's, that, there's really little difference because both of them are owned and operated by Hussein Obama, Inc., Yep. And another thing, do you have any faith in this November turnaround? I don't. I do. I really do. Do you? Yeah, and here's why. I know they're going to try to cheat. I know they're going to try to steal it. I have faith that the Republicans aren't as stupid as they have been for 50 years and will police polling areas and police these mail-in ballots. And beyond that, I have faith that people aren't as stupid as I believe they are. So I'm hoping against what my belief is. My belief is this country is illiterate. But I'm hoping against that. I'm showing faith in the American public that they will vote in such horrifically high amounts for Republican candidates that 
There's no amount of miscounting and lead, lying and cheating that they can do. I hope you're right, but I hope there are so many Republican there, votes. I hope there are so many Republican votes that the machines break and blow up. Yeah, I hope so too, and I hope the Republicans get in there and show some spine, which they don't have. No, they don't have one, but they're, they they better because they'll never get another chance if they don't. No, that's true. And another thing, uh, what do you think the world leaders think when we send Biden over there and Pelosi over there about our leadership? They got to just be laughing. They laugh. Just like a a ship of Martians would be laughing if they landed here and said, take us to your leader. And then we took him to Biden. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, they would be laughing all the way back to Mars. So, all right, Kevin. Well, thank you for letting me talk. And carpe diem. Carpe diem to you. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the call. Yeah, that's, that is, to me, goes, it goes without question. Foreign leaders and dignitaries laugh at us now. And I think that people like Xi of China and Putin of Russia, as they're getting together, by the way, they're meeting face to face. I think that's a meeting of total laughter. They're going to mock us something fierce. I would love to be able to hear their conversation. And and we still have John Durham investigating these criminals from the 2016 election. I don't know how long it takes this guy to do an investigation. But apparently some filings are telling us some things. And Jonathan Turley, what are we now finding out? And now we find out that the FBI not only funded uh, Steele himself, or actually paid Steele himself rather than funded, but also paid his main source. Now, the, the key here is that the Steele dossier has never been established as true, and American intelligence quickly threw flags up that they thought this could be Russian disinformation coming through the dossier, which was funded by the Clinton campaign. The... Source for Christopher Steele's dossier turns out to be a Russian who's an FBI informant, a paid FBI informant. The FBI's fingerprints are so corrupt and they're so all over everything that has to do with election corruption that it's absurd. Why do we have an FBI? That place needs to close its doors. Everyone needs to be fired. Everyone that works there needs to be banned from ever working for the government again. Everyone, except the whistleblowers. Then you start a new FBI, and you begin with those whistleblowers, and you appoint them as the director and every other higher echelon job at the FBI. That's how you do it. You start over with people of integrity, and those are the people of integrity, the whistleblowers. They came forward risking their lives, trust me, their lives. The FBI would think nothing of killing them, nothing. Wouldn't bother Christopher Ray for a second. You're arresting and pulling over with guns, the pillow guy. And you're going to women's doors and drawing your weapons on them simply because they post that they like Donald Trump. It's really sickening. And I don't know if you knew this, but Joe Willie Wuhan Otalabiden is flying to Delaware to cast his vote. Now, he could vote absentee. When Donald Trump was president, he didn't take Air Force One on our bill and fly to Florida to vote. He cast an absentee ballot. There's nothing wrong with an absentee ballot. You have to prove who you are. It's mail-in ballots that are the frauds. 
But Biden decides, uh-uh, not me. <laughs> I don't give a damn about people. I don't give a damn about the climate. I'm going to fly that big-ass jet to Delaware, and it's going to cost the taxpayers. It's going to cost me anything. Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama, among others, weighed in. Tommy Tuberville, what are your thoughts on Biden's voting habits? Well, the only thoughts I've got is who paid for that. Does he pay for it? Uh, I pay for it when I go vote. Uh, I think everybody else does. I read $177,000 because they forgot to absentee vote. That's not a very good uh, example for anybody. So uh, I'm, I'd like to hear a statement on that. Of course, he's not going to make it, but uh, uh, I don't think anybody should do that. I don't care who it is. Well, I'm surprised he didn't try to vote by proxy. That's how the Democrats do it. I love that. That's how the Democrats do it. Whatever way they can cheat and thieve and steal and break your back, they'll do it. But how about the nerve of this guy? $177,000 to cast his vote, and who pays for it? You and me. Tommy Tuberville pays for his when he flies back to Alabama. Well, probably a donor does, but we don't. That's the point. Biden, what are we a nation of? Because he, he loves to quote the rule of law all the time as he breaks every law in the book. But what are we a nation of, Joe? This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. What do you want to bet he doesn't even know the meaning of the word repudiate? I repudiate him. So they honor election results, the Democrats do. According to their leader, they honor it. They don't try to change it. They don't protest it. They don't try to decertify electors, which is, by the way, every congressman, woman, and senator's right. But it turns out they do do that. And they did it as recently as 2016. Not 1816, but 2016. And here's the proof, starting out with Jamie Raskin. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. Mr. President, um, I object. Mr. President, I object because people are horrified. People are horrified that Donald Trump got elected. Those are all Democrats protesting the electors, trying to decertify them, trying to have a debate on it, which is fine with me, by the way. You notice no Republicans back in 2016 and none of these awful MAGA Republicans complain that that's an insurrection. We didn't call Jamie Raskin an insurrectionist. But he did more than Josh Hawley did, who's called an insurrectionist by the liberals. Once again, it's so easy to use their words. They must think that video and audio tape goes away after they speak. Or perhaps they're too illiterate to know that they're being taped. That's possible. They are Democrats. So Biden says that they don't protest elections, and yet they do. (laughs) Heals up Harris herself when she was a senator in 2018. Here she is on the integrity of elections and voting machines. We recently also, I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues 
here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states, but are not state of the art from our perspective. Not state of the art, and yet, if you dare question those machines, as the Trump campaign and many mega Republicans did, you're an insurrectionist. Even though the current sitting vice president says the machines aren't worth a damn and that they're easily hacked into right before her very eyes, she said. Now, the truth is about Biden, he claims to not like election deniers, these dangerous MAGA Republicans, uber MAGA Republicans, ultra MAGA Republicans, but he himself likes election deniers. And he said so in response to an election denier. But the difference is she was a liberal. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. That's it. He's illegitimate. And my biggest fear is that he's going to do it again with the help of Vlad, his best pal. And we're going to be stuck for six more years of this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president? (laughs) Folks, look, I absolutely agree. He absolutely agrees. Would you be my vice president? I absolutely agree. Now, never mind the illiteracy of the liberal opposing the comment that Trump will be six more years and it'll be horrifying, terrifying. Presidents aren't elected for six years, so this stupid-ass liberal needs to understand actually the term. It's four years, dumbass. And then, of course, she repeated the lie about Russians helping Donald Trump. And what did Biden do? Did he say, hold on a second, that's not true. As anyone with integrity would have said, not him, he agreed. So if the election denier is a liberal who hates Donald Trump, Joe Biden's perfectly fine with it. He's perfectly fine with her form of insurrection. So anytime he tells you this crap and anytime you hear him talk about this and Jessica Tarlov races to his defense like the dumb shit she is, you, you know now what he really believes. His own words. Not my opinion of his words. His own words. There's a woman that Biden appointed to the Department of Defense. She's involved in the education in the Department of Defense. She is a racist. She's black. A black woman named Calissa Wing. Calissa Wing. Now you say, well, how do you know she's a racist, Kevin? Well, I'll just go with her own tweets. How's that for openers? She says, I'm so exhausted at these white folks, and she spells folks, F-O-L-X, in these PD sessions. I don't even know what that means. This lady actually had the caudacity, C-A-U in capital letters meaning Caucasian, caudacity to say that black people can be racist too. Huh. So she doesn't think black people can be racist, that we have caudacity when we say that. I had to stop the session and give Karen the business, all capital letters. We are not the majority. We don't have power. She later tweeted, white privilege hurts a lot of people. If you're white, you might feel bad about hurting others, or you might feel afraid to lose this privilege. Privilege is like extra money in your pocket that you didn't earn. Well, I wish I had that white privilege because I'd pay my house payment with it. So her own words again Prove to all of us that she's a bigoted racist. Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State, believes she's been put there intentionally. 
this is very intentional. They've put her in this place because this is another institution that they have every intention of tearing down. But I, I was a soldier. It's been a couple decades. Um, we, we were about being warriors. We were about team building. We were about excellence. They want to make the military about green energy, racism. Uh, they want to they want to tear it down with these DEI programs that they put at the top of their list. And she's just a symptom of what we see throughout a more woke military. And it, it would be tiresome if it weren't so darn dangerous. He's exactly right. We could just laugh at it and okay, we're we're sick of it. It's stupid, but it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. That racist bigot is working in the government, appointed by another racist bigot. Pretty amazing. I've heard people say before that blacks can't be racist. Sometimes it's from a black person. Sometimes it's from a white person. The stupidity of that comment speaks for itself. Anyone can be a racist. Simply because you're black doesn't give you a pass on being a racist. You're a racist if you're a woman. If you think the way she thinks and say the things that she says, you're a racist. She hates white people. Just anyone, let's just stop or start here with the definition of a racist. Anyone who says that because I'm black, I can't be a racist, is a racist, by definition. Because you're already telling us that white people are bad. Black people aren't. There's no chance that a black person could be bad. None whatsoever, because they can't be a racist. Al Sharpton, for instance, he's not a racist. Jesse Jackson, he's not a racist. No, of course not. Of course not. Do you know... One of the greatest comments I've seen in a long, long time was from an English woman. She apparently tweeted this out because the American people, and there are plenty of them, we hear it a lot, mocking the monarchy in England as we go through day 1700 of the Queen's funeral. Who do you think will have the longer funeral, the Queen or John McCain? The only good thing, the difference that is good, is that we're not paying for her funeral. We had to pay for McCain's. But here's an English woman who went on Twitter at the America. She wrote, Dear Americans who mock us for mourning our beloved queen. She dedicated her entire life to her duty and our country, even up to two days before her death. You mourned a man who pointed a gun at a pregnant woman by burning cities to the ground. We are not the same. Carpe triple dib to that English woman. <laughs> now, the caller Chris earlier said, Do you think international leaders laugh at us? How about their citizenry? She's mocking us. She's laughing at us. She's pointing out the truth. It's so fun to prove liberals' stupidity by pointing out the truth. And that's what she did. We mourned a man in the United States who pointed a gun at a pregnant woman demanding drugs. And how did we do that? How did we mourn him? We burned cities to the ground. They have a queen who's been around for 700 years, dedicated her life to England, of course, it's a nice life when you're queen, but she did that and carried herself perfectly through that entire reign. And they're mourning her in England, and American people are mocking it. The same people who mourned George Floyd. <laughs> she, she forgot to mention a guy who was high on fentanyl at the time of his death. 
It's laughable. You heard what Jilly said earlier about teachers and how parents were so thrilled to discover how hard the teachers worked during the pandemic. Chris Rufo, who's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, begs to differ. Chris Rufo, what did parents learn last year? What we saw last year was really an awakening from parents on critical race theory. Uh, And parents were going, they were protesting at school board meetings, but the problems that all of the bureaucrats who were pushing CRT last year are back and they're pushing radical gender theory, not just in blue states, but also in red states. And the documents and the videos from Michigan are quite shocking. The State Department of Education in Michigan is now training teachers how to facilitate child sexual transitions and telling them that they should keep those transitions a secret from parents even when their kids are suicidal. Let me be very clear. To these bureaucrats, their ideology is more important than not only your kid's education, but more important than your kid's life. Carpe diem to Chris Rufo, and he is right. He's He's completely correct. All right, folks. I've got some of the greatest hits of the Donald Trump era for you now. Joe Theismann's coming up after the break, but I want you to hear the greatest hits of Donald Trump before we break. And it brings back fond memories and a warm, cozy, fuzzy feeling when you hear the real president tell it like it is. Okay, question? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. She's shocked that I picked her. It's like in a state of shock. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. I'm sorry? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. We give state dinners to the heads of China. I say, why are you doing state dinners for them? They're ripping us left and right. Just take them to McDonald's and go back to the negotiating table. Seriously. It's true. I called Hillary a nasty woman. But this stuff is all relative. After listening to Hillary rattle on and on and on, I don't think so badly of Rosie O'Donnell anymore. In fact, I'm actually starting to like Rosie a lot. It's up to him. Do you want him to bring in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so that's on. True. It poor, it, but they it, weren't actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of you miles away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question. Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other ahead. question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, that's well, enough. I was going to ask one other It's great to be here with a thousand wonderful people, or as I call it, a small, intimate dinner with some friends, or as Hillary calls it, her largest crowd of the season. (laughs) His 
visceral response to attack people on their appearance, short, tall, fat, ugly. My goodness, that happened in junior high. Are we not way above that? Would we not all be worried to have someone like that in charge of the nuclear arsenal? Mr. Trump, I never attacked him on his look, and believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. That I can tell you. But Jake, why is this a, a, such a big topic for you right now? Go take a look at it. The look, research I'm says the crime, is, the crime is, does not match yeah, what you're saying. The, research, research. the Pew Research, which is right. independent, okay. says... Don't be naive. You're a very naive person. <laughs> the Pew you're Research a... says that there are for immigrants on the whole... Create, or, Come on, try getting it out. Try getting it out. I'll get it out. I mean, I don't know if you're going to put this on television, but you don't even know what you're talking about. Try getting it out. Go ahead. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. In, in, go ahead, in, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts Well, I'm not a big fan of us. yours either, so I understand. to be honest. So me, I know Hillary met my campaign manager. And I got the chance to meet the people who are working so hard to get her elected. There they are, the heads of NBC, <laughs> CNN, CBS, ABC. There's the New York Times right over there and the Washington Post. They're working overtime. True. True. Mr. President, you repeatedly, over the course okay, of the just sit down, please. Well, when you, when you report fake news, no. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go since ahead. you're, no, Mr. President-elect. Go, go ahead. Mr. President-elect, since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not can you. you give us a chance, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically, question. Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you no, give I'm us a question? I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. Can you but one of the things I noticed tonight, and I've known Hillary for a long time, is this is the first time ever, ever, that Hillary is sitting down and speaking to major corporate leaders and not getting paid for it. <laughs> Why not sign the other bills, though, so some of these workers can get paid, the government you can get more? You think I should do that? Yeah, you, 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 no, no, do you think I should do that, John? Well, I mean, it's not for me to say that. I want your one-sided reporting. Do you think I should do this? It's, it's, hey, John, it's no, not seriously, John, John, do you think I should just sign? Well, the, the argument no, no, tell is me, made tell that you me. can sign these bills that have nothing to do with water security. you think I should just sign? Uh, the government can so start working. So you would working. do that. If you were in my position, you'd do that. I, I'm not in your position. I'm asking you if you've got something you I'm would do. I'm asking you, would you do that if you were in my position? I, I, if I, you would do that, you should never be in this position. Because you'd never get anything done. Mr. Trump, take 30 seconds. Well, let, let me just, you know, he wants to be a tough guy. A lot of times, you'll have, you'll have, and, and it doesn't work very well with How that. tough is it a to take a lot of times, property you, from an elderly talk, woman? Let me talk. Quiet. How a tough lot is of it? times, a lot of times, that's all of his donors and special interests out there. <laughs> so, that's what it is. <laughs> Was that great stuff? I mean, don't you miss the guy? I love just the way he says China. China. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will have Joe Theismann as our guest. You don't want to miss that conversation. Joe's a fun guy to talk to.
welcome you back. Kevin Slate with you in the Window World Kings Court. Glad you're along for the ride on this Thursday morning. And as we promised, we welcome Joe Theismann into the show. Joe, good morning. How are you today? I'm well, Kevin, and yourself. I am doing great. It's a beautiful fall day. Football season is upon us, so we're all enjoying it, and I'm sure you are as well. It's always great to have the opening of another season, isn't it? It goes by too fast, though. It really does. Well, you know, I mean, when I played, we actually had an off season. And nowadays it's, uh, you know, 365, 24-7 for these guys. They get maybe a month or two off, and then uh, it's back to work. Yeah, I remember talking to some guys back in the day who said, you know, we get a bonus for lifting during the season three days a week. And now that would be like you're released if you're only in here three days a week. Well, the other thing is, too, is I, I just I find it hard to believe that they have to pay players to come in and lift and work out and get ready to play football. I mean, you know, from from my perspective, it's like um, that's part of your job. I mean, lifting, running, working out, staying in shape. You know, when I said, you know, this guy's got a $100,000 bonus,